Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Hi, Lauren. Are we live? We're live. Welcome to Gross Anatomy Podcast, everyone, where we explore the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it pertains to pop culture, meaning books, movies, TV, and the world around us. And I am Lauren Taylor, and I'm joined by our host, Dr. Jason Cohen. Hey there. Yes who is busy with surgeries, but still has some things he wants to talk about on the show today. Yeah, there are things to talk. There's always a lot of stuff. Lately, there's, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, isn't there? There is. I keep, um, we're not going to talk about it today, but in the future, I keep seeing things and I screenshot them and I'm like, this, this, is, this is good for the show. This is good for the show. I feel like there's a lot of news happening today. So what are we doing today? What's going on? A lot of stuff is going on in the news, certain things I wanted to talk about, but maybe let's start with the whole vaccine stuff, you know? Okay. Um, only It's not so much entertainment-y, but it's, it's definitely what's in the world right now, that, that the big concern is that they're, you know, in the beginning, People, people couldn't get in to get vaccine appointments. And now it's kind of like the opposite. Now they're sitting around waiting for people to sign up. Although everybody's happy now that kids can get vaccinated. But I, someone who I follow, someone who I know, someone who I like very much, um, David Agus, Dr. David Agus, who is a correspondent uh, for news. He's a cancer, uh, um, he's a medical oncologist. He's brilliant. He's amazing. He actually... Uh, it mentored me a little bit. I did some research in his lab a zillion years ago. I consider him a friend, but I, so he, he's often on the news talking about what's going on with COVID and what's going on with the vaccines. And the topic was vaccine hesitancy and why people are hesitant and, and what to do about that. And now they're offering all these all these bribes basically to people, you know, if you get your vaccine, you'll get a beer or you're getting right. Have you, have you been right. hearing all yeah, that? You get free Uber ride to get your vaccine or like if you want to work for us and you get your vaccine, you get a $300 bonus. Yeah. And there's even like, um, get a vaccine and you have a chance to win a million dollars or something. I heard something crazy like that in some, in some state, but, I, but I was thinking about it that, I, I don't think that's the solution to the vaccine hesitancy. I think the reason why people are so hesitant about getting the vaccine is people are scared and there's that unknown. So to me, people who are scared and people who are concerned about the unknown, usually bribery doesn't work for those people, no matter what, what's going on. Like usually what works is like if someone's scared to do something, what works better is talking about the fear, the pros and the cons. And I really feel like the, everyone, doctors, scientists, the media, are not doing a good enough job discussing the negatives, mm-hmm. discussing the cons. They're kind of sweeping them under the table. Oh, yeah, you could have. And I think that's, I think that's the big problem I, because I was thinking about it with me as a doctor, as a surgeon, when I'm telling people that I'm going to take them to the operating room, one of the things today that's so important is consent. It's getting consent. It's getting permission to the patient. In the olden days, you know, you just took the patient to surgery and whatever happened. Today, because of medical legal and, and just because people are more educated, we spend a lot of time getting consent. And part of that consent process is 
discussing all the things that can go wrong. I mean, I spend so much time when I'm telling a patient about surgery about all the risks. When we do laparoscopic surgery with the scopes and the cameras, I say there's a chance we may have to do a big old-fashioned cut. I, you know, I really go through the whole laundry list of everything that could go wrong. I say it's rare, and then sometimes patients want to know the statistics and the incidences, and, and I'm able, for the most part, to tell them all of that. But I think hearing all of that puts people at ease. And we're not doing that with a vaccine. I don't think we're really telling people that Joe Schmo got this and, and, and 30 people had this and, and you know, some people had. I, I, really, I think that's the problem. I think we're really not doing a good job in being totally upfront and totally about every little minutia that could go wrong and how many people it happened to and how many things. I, because you don't hear about that. You hear, oh, the risk is so low. You hear people, oh, yeah, I got my vaccine. Yeah, I'm a hero. But am I wrong? Do you agree with me at all? No, I do agree with you. And the reason that I wasn't hesitant is because of what you're saying, because of the show, actually, because we had like Dr. Shapiro on and we had another pediatrician on that were really able to explain, I think, like what a vaccine is and what it isn't, you know, like just basics like that. Like people are scared of because they don't actually know what it is. So we're not even like explaining the basics well. And, yeah. then, and then the risks from there, like you're saying, like, okay, all we see in the headlines is Johnson Johnson may cause blood clots. Like, but what, right. we don't understand that. And why would it cause a blood clot? Nobody understands. Everyone just yeah. gets scared, like you're saying. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I, but I think part of, you know, sometimes I'll tell a patient all the risks and the benefits of surgery. And occasionally a patient will go, no, you know, I'm not going to do it. But most of the time, I feel that once we really go through all the negatives, all the things that could go wrong, all the, I, I think that tends to, to some degree, put people at ease. And, and I think we're, we're kind of, it's not that we're covering them up, but we're kind of sweeping them under the rug. We're, we're, not, we're not telling people all the wrong, all the harmful stuff enough so that because I think people feel that it's this mysterious thing. Mm -hmm. and, and until they totally understand all of it, you know, the good and the bad, I think the naysayers are going to continue to be naysayers until it's going to be mandated or, or until everybody just has this crazy peer right. pressure. And if it's mandated, it'll just make people more suspicious. So. More, yeah, for sure. And I, and I think that's the problem. I think, I don't think, I, I think we're only spending time telling about how great it is. And you see social media, it's only about how great it is. No, nobody, no, none of the people we trust, none of the trusted medical people are saying it's great, but no, no one is. Everybody's just saying the great, the great, the great. And, and I think until the, the trusted faces around start saying, yeah, I, I hear this and I've seen one person with this or three people with that and out of you know, a million, I actually think that the the whole blood clot thing with the vaccine actually was helpful. I think some people actually wanted to hear that. You know, they're like, okay, now I see there are some complications, but it's rare. It's only certain people. And I think that that gave certain people kind of a little confidence about the vaccine. I, I right. Think. And yeah, I had to really read a few articles before I found this information, but it was saying, you know, like how 
COVID could even cause blood clots. So it's like, you kind of have to weigh your risk. Like you're saying, like your patients do because they're fully informed. So. Yeah. But I, I think that's, I just feel like that's the big problem right now with our doctors and scientists and the people who we turn to and trust is, is they're not spending enough time telling us about the negatives to say, all right, here are all the negatives. Yeah, I agree. That would be helpful so that people don't feel like you're hiding something and they're more apt to get the shot. I agree. That makes sense. Yeah. So that was my thought. I wanted to share that on on this platform. I I think that would really significantly help convince people to to get the vaccine. That was was a big thought I wanted to talk about. Um, The other thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, I've, I've become, for good or for bad, I've become a... Pelotoner, mm-hmm. um, which I enjoy, and, and there are certain um, instructors that I really love. And actually, I meant to send uh, post a pic. Uh, there was this um, you could you could search your rides by music, although they need to get a little more specific on the music searches. There, there's a pop selection, but you can't do like I'm a big '80s alternative guy. There's no ability to find like 80s new wave although some of the some of the instructors have those rides which are great but i found this 80s ride i was looking up 80s rides or pop i don't know how i found it but there was this great ride with print the prince it was prince and there was two of the instructors doing it together it was a lot of fun but what i wanted to talk about was the recall that peloton had you know in the news yeah, did you see you that explain that to me i don't understand it so peloton started with just this bicycle that that you ride, the stationary bicycle, but then they um, branched out into a treadmill, which is great. And, and the whole beautiful thing about Peloton is, is the instructor, there's a, you, you could control it or you could give the control away to the class and the instructor could dial in. It's not that they're dialing it in, but it's based on the class, what they're talking about at that particular time is how much resistance you're feeling and it's, and it's automatically controlled and it's great. And and that's, what's kind of cool about it is you're bicycling along and all of a sudden the resistance increases or it decreases and they're telling you it's not just spontaneous. Um, So you're, you're you're definitely given a warning uh, and your feet are pedaling. So they, they did that now on this treadmill and supposedly there, there were some injuries, um, that people had on the treadmill and that's because I think the treadmill will speed up or slow down. It's not that it's a resistance thing. It's that it'll speed up or slow down. And I guess people walking, you know, people aren't prepared for it or maybe people near it or around it. So supposedly there were some major injuries related to it. So there was a big recall on that, but I, it it just, um, so are you having your Peloton taken away or what? No, the treadmill was recalled, oh, not okay. the bicycles. Okay. Yeah, okay. the treadmill. But uh, I, I, I used to be a treadmill guy. So uh, it'd be interesting to try the treadmill. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be great. Uh, but the, the, so far, the bicycle's working for me. I feel like I need to do more. I, I haven't done enough on it. Yeah, well, you're doing more than I am. So good job. <laughs> uh, thanks. So wait, know. do you and your wife have like, both have one and like go at the no same we time? have one okay no we just have one and you, you wear these shoes these sneakers or whatever that clip on into the uh the pedals and and what's nice about that is so that part of the part of the exercise is also pulling your leg up 
And since you're clipped in, you could pull your leg up and get, you know, full 360 benefit of leg motions. You know, you're working all your muscle groups Uh, that way, uh, which is kind of cool. So you need a specific, you you could ride it without those clip-on shoes, but definitely wearing the clip-on shoes is better. So everybody gets their own pair of shoes. We have, uh, in our family, we have four pairs of shoes, but pretty much I've been the only one who's regularly using the Peloton. Oh, really? And your wife was the one that wanted it, and you weren't sure about it at first, so you guys have kind of switched? Yeah, but I think she got it for me because of the pandemic, because I wasn't really going to the gym, and I was just walking. So basically, it was her way of telling me that I'm fat, and I have to get into shape. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but she plays tennis, and and she's been still playing tennis. I do miss my walks. That's the downside of the Peloton, is I don't do my early morning walks anymore. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I miss about the gym was that was where I was doing my my TV show and movie view. Yeah, you were getting all your updates for the show, too. I was doing that on the treadmill. So even if I got a Peloton treadmill, I wouldn't want it because what I liked about the treadmill is I kind of controlled my own thing, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't even realize I'm on the treadmill. I'd just be watching a TV show or a movie, and that's kind of something I tell my patients even who I feel need to exercise. I say, go on a treadmill, bring your phone Turn on, make sure you have Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever. The, this is a good plug for Netflix and Amazon Prime. They don't, they don't pay. They should pay me. Mm. Um, and uh, and turn on a show, something that you would want to watch but you don't normally watch, and spend a half hour watching that show on the treadmill. And I think it's a great way of exercising. You don't realize you're, and that was the benefit for me. And that's what I was telling patients for a long time is. I didn't feel like I was going to the gym every morning. I thought I was going to get to watch my shows, which was great. So I'm, yeah, you know, I think I, that's, yeah, it makes you more excited. I guess makes you way more excited, way more motivated. You really get into it. Like I would be like, yeah, I can't wait to go and watch whatever it was. I was I started with The Sopranos, um, and I couldn't wait to go watch the next episode. And and sometimes I'd finish an episode and be like, if I had some time, I'd stay on the treadmill yeah. because that's the only time I was watching stuff. What do you think about the, so now you're not getting outside as much. Do you feel like that's bad for your mental health that you're not going for outside walks? A little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I'm still getting outside, but I'm not doing that. You know, I was walking every morning, so I, I definitely missed that. There, there was something nice about seeing the sunrise and, and being out with the sun. And, and uh, I, I certainly, I certainly miss that. And yeah. who knows, maybe I'll get back to it. Do you do anything regularly, Lauren? Um, well, we, yeah, we walk the dog. So I oh, yeah. like 30 minutes a day, at least with the dog. That's great. And what I try to tell people is by no means am I a superhero with it. By no means do I do it enough, but you know, everybody talks about like working out for three days a week or five days a week. And what I tell my patients is you, at least in the beginning, you can't do that. You got to try to kind of, at least for me, you, you have to try to exercise seven days a week so that it really becomes a habit strive to do it every day so that if you miss a day you're feeling bad and you're missing it but the other thing is is if you're only working out three days a week or four days a week if you miss a day that's a big deal because then you're only working out two days or three days so my point with seven day workout is if you miss a day or two you're still at least working out five days a week so that's kind of my my what i preach i don't always practice it, but I try, I really do try to do at least six, seven days a week. No, I think that's a great healthy habit to share with our audience. Thanks, Lauren. Yes. (laughs) But the other thing I wanted to talk about was St. Elsewhere. 
Yes, Saint Elsewhere. Yeah. I don't Girls, 
but it, it seems like at least the ones that she and I rattled off were, were about, were, were more about boys. There was that one not that long ago that was nominated. Um, Ladybird. Yeah. Ladybird. Directed by right. female. Right. But, but you know, like the fun comedic ones, or, you know, like Almost Famous is a great one. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a movie called The Way, Way Back that I just love. I love that movie. I feel like not that many people have seen that movie. I think that's great, too. One of my favorite right, movies. That's a shout out to The Way, Way Back, because I feel like most of our audience probably hasn't seen it. You guys should watch this movie. And I fell in love with Sam Rockwell and Maya Rudolph, both in that movie. They're, They're just both. so amazing. Yes. I'm so happy yeah. you mentioned that. I feel like I've never heard anybody else mention it. Yeah. And there's another little cute movie called Sing Street. Did you ever see that movie? Sing Street? No, I haven't. You, you would like that, too. I recommend Sing Street, Coming of Age. But, but when you talk about these coming of age movies they're they're not as many with girls and and uh i think that that should be our homework or something we should write some good female driven coming of age movies yeah okay yeah you're right i mean i think there needs to be more maybe there will be in the future there was that one olivia wilde directed but i didn't finish it i started on a plane it was like with jonah hill's sister beanie right right yeah one of our guest's daughters Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see it. I didn't watch the whole thing. Right. And then I guess The Devil Wears Prada a little bit is kind of a coming-of-age movie. Uh, she's a little bit older, you know, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of fun kind of movie like that. But there really aren't – I just don't – I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but there just don't, no, don't, don't seem to be I don't as think many. you're wrong. I think, yeah, it's mainly been a male-dominated – you know, like Stand By Me is one of my favorite coming-of-age movies. And that's exactly. four males. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little upsetting. I think, I think we need more of those. I, I think, uh, Hollywood, that's your homework assignment. I like it. Or actually non Hollywood. That's your homework assignment. Yeah. Get, get your iPhone, start filming. And there we go. Yeah. All right, Lauren. So. Right. Well, thanks Dr. Cohen. So thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks have everybody. Good, have a good week, everyone. Have a good May. Can't believe summer. 2021 is just upon us. Yes. Happy summer. (laughs) All right, cool. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.